Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey with my daily podcast that goes out with my email newsletter for paid subscribers called The Kaka. Today I wanted to talk about the renewed slump in global markets overnight. You might uh, have seen that yesterday stock markets actually rose after the US Federal Reserve hiked its official cash rate by 75 basis points. Now that was the biggest hike since 1994. However, it had primed the market for this earlier in the week and that's when you saw a big sell-off then. So in a way there was a rally on relief that wasn't worse yesterday. However, everyone's taken a closer look at what's happening with inflation and the risks that central banks around the world will put up interest rates so fast that they drive the world into recession. And you're starting to see more of these sorts of figures regularly. For example, last night we saw figures from the United States housing market where new housing starts fell 14.4% in the month of April from May to 1.5 million. Now that sounds a lot, but it's actually less than the 1.8 million housing starts in April in the United States and was below economist expectations for a 1.7 million housing starts in May. Now this is all about the big rise in mortgage rates in the United States. Over there, they use a 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Wouldn't that be great to have? However, um, that is based off mortgage rates that are wholesale uh, rates, in effect US Treasury bonds. That's why I talk so much about what's happening with US Treasury bonds. And those rates, those 30-year mortgage rates that regular Americans use to buy their houses and in many cases to run their businesses, that rate has risen from 3% at the end of 2021 to almost 6% overnight. So a complete doubling. Now that has really squeezed things down in the United States and people are now openly talking about a recession in the United States later this year. So that's really uh, nerved, unnerved stock markets again overnight. We've seen the Standard & Poor's 500, the main measure, down around 2.5, uh, the Dow um, slightly more, and the Nasdaq at various points this, this morning down 4%. Now also in Europe there are fresh concerns about rising interest rates there and of course there are problems with inflation for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the Swiss National Bank which uh, has an interesting role at, at the center of the European uh, banking system and is often a safe haven when things get uh, uh, worrying. Well, last night it increased its uh, cash rate by 50 basis points, and this was more than everyone expected. However, this is an increase from minus 0.75% to minus 0.25%, so there's still a negative territory. And their inflation is not nearly so strong, only 2.9% inflation in Switzerland. Now, one of the reasons for that is when things get rough, people often buy Swiss francs. So that pushes up the value of the Swiss franc, and it means that it's cheaper for them to buy things from overseas, like oil and food and those sorts of things. However, that increase of 50 basis points was the biggest they've done in 15 years. And when even the Swiss are starting to worry about inflation, you know uh, something is up. Now, in the UK last night, we also saw a rate hike from the Bank of England up 25 basis points to 1.25%. So not particularly high. In fact, there were some that had expected a 50 basis point rise. So the pound uh, weakened overnight and that's going to make inflation worse. 
because, of course, a lower currency increases the costs of things you buy from overseas. And it's meant that the Bank of England is now forecasting that CPI inflation in Britain will hit an annual rate of 11% by October. So no wonder people are worried there. And we saw overnight the European uh, stocks down around 3% and uh, also some concerning rises in uh, bond yields in Europe. Remember, they're now battling the potential for another European debt crisis. Although it's interesting, uh, people are also uh, saying uh, in the European financial markets that one of the reasons it's not quite as dangerous as in 2012 and in, 20, in 2009 is that because inflation is so high, the debt to GDP ratios for the likes of Italy and Spain and Greece are actually falling because, of course, debt to GDP has a denominator which is a nominal GDP number. And when you have high inflation, your nominal GDP goes up quite strongly. Now, the other reason the Europeans are really worried about inflation is, of course, the war in Ukraine. And overnight, we saw yet another squeezing of the gas supplies from Russia to Europe through Nord Stream 1. Now, you've probably heard of Nord Stream 2, that was the big new pipeline um, through the Baltic Sea, uh, which is all ready to go, but has never been opened and was a big bone of contention in Germany because it would have increased their reliance on Russian gas. Well, Nord Stream 1, Gazprom, the Russian company, has squeezed supplies down again for Germany. You might recall a couple of days ago, they cut German gas supplies by about 40%. Well, overnight, they've cut the supplies by 60%, and they've also cut supplies to Austria, Slovakia, and Italy. Now, why are they doing this? Gazprom says it's because of technical reasons. They're having to do some maintenance on some turbines. In fact, they blame the sanctions because a couple of the Siemens uh, turbines, which are used in the pipeline, had to be sent to Canada for some reason to be maintained and refurbished. Then they've got stuck in Canada because Canada has sanctions on equipment that is being sent to Russia. So the Russians are blaming the sanctions. The Germans are saying, well, this is clearly an attempt by Russia to put extra economic pressure on Germany and on Europe, just at a time when things are starting to fracture in that coalition supporting Ukraine and sending weapons, and at a time when Ukraine is losing a few of these battles, on the field in eastern and southern Ukraine. So a delicate time there for Germany, in, uh, and in particular because we've seen a, another 30% rise in European gas prices overnight to 146 euros per megawatt hour. That means in the last week, European gas prices have risen 70%. In fact, uh, it could be a lot worse because right now Europe, is, particularly Northern Europe, is in the middle of a heat wave. Now, if you were in uh, the southern United States or in Hong Kong or China, that would be a bad thing for electricity, uh, uh, the electricity market, uh, or in Australia for that matter, because so many people use air conditioners in those markets where it's normally quite hot, particularly in summer. But in Northern Europe, <laughs> it normally doesn't get quite that hot, and so they don't have air conditioners. Uh, their real use of gas comes in the winter when they have to turn on their boilers and uh, get those uh, big pipes full of water circulating in those big buildings. So this really is a warning for Europe ahead of the winter that Russia is squeezing that gas as much as they can. And remember, of course, 
Germany uh, gets more than 60% of its gas from Russia and is madly trying to wean itself off as fast as it can. So uh, that's not going to help the inflation outlook in Europe. Now, a couple of other things that I think are worth noting from the rest of the world. Revlon has filed for bankruptcy overnight. I don't normally uh, uh, talk about um, companies filing for bankruptcy overseas, but this is an interesting one because it's a, a global brand name and got a big company. It's got as much as 10 billion US in debt. It has the Elizabeth Arden and Calistay brands. The problem for it over the last three or four years is cosmetics buyers, I'm told, because I don't buy them, are, are madly rushing to the uh, reality TV stars and the brands issued by uh, the hot artists. So Kylie Jenner, uh, she has a thing called Kylie Cosmetics, I'm told, is uh, much more popular these days than Elizabeth Arden or Revlon. And Rihanna apparently has a brand called Fenty, which is doing very well. Um, I wouldn't call this expert commentary, but certainly this is what I'm <laughs> reading as the reason for Revlon filing for bankruptcy. Now, closer to home, uh, the big news on the last day, of course, was the GDP figures, which showed a 0.2% fall in the March quarter from the December quarter. And when you compare the March quarter of this year with last year, you're looking at a 1.2% fall. Uh, average GDP, so the whole year to the end of March versus the previous year to the end of March, that's still running at over 5% growth. Now, the interesting thing here is, of course, that the first quarter was badly affected by COVID. Many people were just getting COVID for the first time. There was a lot of absentee, well, you call it absenteeism, but essentially sick days. A lot of um, companies were still recovering from the lockdowns in the December quarter. And so that's, it's really a COVID-affected quarter quite, quite badly, uh, in particular in uh, agricultural production, primary production. So the, the number of um, car carcasses and meat cuts and dairy containers actually sent out of New Zealand actually produced. Um, obviously, a lot of factories were affected by COVID lockdowns. But the more interesting thing is, so what does this mean for the future? Because these are quite backward-looking numbers. You know, we're obviously into mid-June, and these are figures to the end of March. Well, most people see a bounce back in the June quarter of around about 1%. So to get a formal recession, you need two uh, downward quarters in a row. So minus 0.2% in the March quarter, if we fell again in the June quarter, that would officially be a recession. But most people are seeing a bounce back in the June quarter, of 1% as people came out of COVID. However, um, there's a few people now talking about the risks of a small recession here uh, later ne this year and early next year, particularly because the US now is seen as going into recession. A lot of concerns about what's happening in China with their ongoing brutal uh, COVID elimination strategy. And of course, Europe in all sorts of grief with that war. So um, we've seen BNZ, uh, Stephen Topless, the economist there, come out and forecast just a mild recession, a couple of very small reductions in GDP towards the end of this year and early next year. And I've included more details on that in the email. Uh, the political fallout, uh, of course, the government said, look overseas, this is um, an internationally driven thing. The politicians here blamed the government. Um, I, I don't think that the government can be blamed for this fall in GDP, at least in, in that particular quarter. Overall, though, we still have not improved our productivity. And you can see that 
in the real national gross disposable income per capita figures, that those actually fell 0.5% in the quarter from the December quarter and are up around 4% for the year. So we're not improving our productivity much. Uh, that's because we're not investing that much in our businesses and in our infrastructure. And we're still stuck on the uh, uh, real estate uh, uh, circle. Uh, interesting though, the fall in house prices certainly are starting to affect uh, consumer spending. Now watch out as well for what's happening in Australia with their electricity market. Last night, New South Wales was forced to tell its consumers particularly in Sydney, to turn the power off for a couple of hours if they could because shortages of coal and gas in Australia, remember they've been exporting it into Europe because the Europeans need the coal because they're not getting it from Russia and a lot of the gas in Australia is destined for LPG ships which go up to uh, Japan and into Europe. So um, suddenly Australia, which has been closing down coal mines and closing down coal-fired power stations, <laughs> is short of electricity. And uh, in part because of a surprise cold snap, which is everyone turning on their heaters in Australia. But it's worth keeping an eye on that. Obviously Australia is our second largest trading partner. And if this goes on and worsens, this would be one that affects a few people. Although plenty of jobs in Australia. Yesterday we got numbers on jobs in May. 61,000, still pretty hot, and in fact the unemployment rate in Australia fell to 3.9%. So there's plenty of jobs in Australia and lots of jobs on offer, of course, to New Zealanders. Um, also, just watch out as well what's happening in China, where there is um, some hope that Beijing's outbreak, linked to the super spreader event in nightclubs, seems to be waning. The numbers of positive cases are down. But overall, um, this is something that's going to keep dragging on China and the global economy for the rest of the year because Xi Jinping is not going to give up on COVID elimination. Okay, that's the dawn chorus for Friday the 17th of June. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Remember, this is uh, something that's supported by paid subscribers. And for those uh, subscribers who are keen, we have our weekly Ask Me Anything sessions from midday today. I'll send out an invite just before that into your email box. And of course, our weekly Hoon at five o'clock where we bring in co-host Peter Bale from overseas and we talk about the events of the week in geopolitics and in the political economy here. Ka kite anō.